Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I was like completely asexual until my senior year in high school when I like had my first kiss with a guy and had full on anal sex with him <laughs> in like one day. I've never heard of a person having their first kiss minutes before penetration. Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? My name is Eric Williams. I am your host, and I missed you. I did. I took last week off from the podcast, but that's because I was out of town visiting my family in St. Louis, Missouri, and God, did we have a good time. We went to a little lake moment where it was all my siblings, all the significant others, all the babies, and, you know, besides some intense back pain, I just... I'm feeling really great and refreshed. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my nephew, Henry, about to be three years old. Happy early birthday, Henry. You've made a lot of your time on this earth. One of my favorite memories from this lake house trip is I asked Matt to make me a drink. And of course, he came back to me with a vat of vodka orange juice and cranberry i said thank you so much why did you put this in a bucket it was huge it was a gigantic serving and so i turned to henry yes I, this was an instagram story video of course because i use him for content uh i said henry uncle matt made me this giant drink should i just drink part of it or should i drink all of it he looks me dead in my eyes without missing a beat he goes all of it <laughs> I was like, okay, he's a lush and he's two years, 10 months old. But alas, I'm back in New York City and really happy to be back home. But other exciting news today is the short film that Esther Steinberg and I wrote and star in called You've Changed premieres the exact day of this podcast. So uh, I have to say, go to my Instagram. It is on Deku. It's an LGBT streaming service. And it is such a wackadoodle short film. It's about uh, when we, well, it's inspired by our trip to Joshua Tree where we did do mushrooms. And if you've heard the episode with Catherine Cohen, you've heard the tale. And then if you listen to Esther Steinberg's episode, it's her defending the choices she made, which did lead to that being a very, um, let's just say, memorable uh, day out of L.A. So make sure you you go to my Instagram. We're doing a takeover on Deku's Instagram today. So uh, check that out. It's going to be very fun with me and Esther. And the short film, you can get a seven-day free trial on Deku to watch the film. And please let me know what you think. It is all about why people move to L.A. and become fully monsters. 
So it's very weird. It's very funny. And it's, speaking of weird and funny, a perfect segue to talk about this week's guest on That's a Gayest Podcast. I actually recorded this from my childhood home. So you get that nice piece of context. This is with Joe Castle Baker, one of my favorite internet comedians, stars, writers, actors. He's based in Brooklyn and is so funny, so unhinged. If you don't follow him, his handle is at Joe Castle Baker. And I actually posted on the Gayest Podcast Instagram some of my favorite recent videos uh, on a little dump there. So make sure you check that out. And please follow him on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. He is so funny and also so nice and has some really crazy stories. I'm sure you heard that teaser at the beginning of this. Um, (laughs) Just for that story alone, this episode is worth it. Also, to give you some context, we were having some major sound issues the first, like, 15 minutes trying to record. So the, the recording starts with us just praying to God that it continues to work. Please give us a five-star review and subscribe. Tell your friends. Tag Joe Castle Baker. Let them know you love this episode. And come on now. Enjoy this week's episode of That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. We're going to pray. We can pray. I, every once in a while, I'll pray. And can't say it's worked, but it's always worth a shot. Has it ever worked? No. <laughs> you know, I don't normally. I don't normally pray for practical things like this, though. So I have high hopes because I think praying for the recording to work seems very plausible. But typically, I'll pray for something that you know I really have no other choice but to pray. So at that point, you know, we're not looking good. praying is a last resort it's definitely a last resort yeah but see like praying also i think there's like very wide praying could be many things praying could be mantras at night praying could be sitting in the pew praying could be because here i am the very one of the least religious people out there i think um but like like i love a jewish you know brisket but i'm not i'm not praying at to the book of genesis and the torah you know mm-hmm. but i do say mantras at night and honestly they've lost their power because i say the same thing and i just don't even i just do it as like a way to fall asleep and not actually i need to switch up my mantras i have like no spiritual life <laughs> at all i mean i do in theory like a little bit, but I am very physical. I'm very tethered to this earth. Yeah. In a way that feels maybe a little cynical, but I, I respect spirituality and every once in a while I'll say to myself, you know what? I really should be, I should try to have a spiritual life of some kind. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's too late, Joe. I don't think so either. Every once in a while, like at least in the past, it hasn't happened recently, but every once in a while I'll be like, I need to go to church. I need to go to church. I need to go to like a temple. I need to like become Buddhist or something and like have that. And now I really, that's, uh, we're far gone now. I, I, uh, I don't that have ship any, has sailed. Yeah. That ship has sailed. 
But I do think, like you're saying, that's kind of spot on that, and this is no shade to people who do subscribe to a certain religion. I do think religion can be the last resort for many people because they're just like at the bottom, just like I have nowhere else to go. Let me try to cling to this magic stuff. And then if something gets better, they're like, oh, it worked. So I think for a lot of people, it's like the only uh, guiding force out of a dark time. And I don't fault them for that, but it is purely i think like mantras and magic just written down yeah i agree i mean i also think that like it's that thing where if you believe it then it works so you know whatever whatever makes people happy and as long as you're not hurting anybody like lean in baby you know what i mean in baby i mean but that's also why some of the sadness about religion is that some people do end up getting hurt i mean let's talk about the netflix documentary murder among the mormons oh my word there was literal i never saw it's it's new i highly recommend it's just so bad shit but like it's clearly just like religion can be so fucked up like this is not a podcast about uh, religion and gays but like why not turn this episode into that but like it truly like you're saying whatever works works and this is coming from someone who i actually do sort of believe in a universe situation only Uh because probably because of my rock bottom moments where i was like this needs to be happening for a reason or else i'm gonna (laughs) you know pms that is actually really important that like (laughs) yeah something so bad or like so difficult in your life where you're like there must be order in this chaos otherwise i am like you know done Oh, yeah, exactly. Like if 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 this if all these bad things happening in a row are not for some greater reason, then what I just have a sad life. Like I can't accept that, and I choose not to. So, yeah. but like talk about being a cynic. My so Matt, the the man with whom I live, I think he is much more of a cynic and does not really believe in the universe. Like if if a if a zodiac conversation comes up, he cannot roll his eyes harder. And like, yeah, I'm not asking every person I meet what what moon their house is in. Or what house their moon what is? House it? What? Moon? Or what moon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. I, I don't know what the phrase is, but <laughs> what how what what house their moon is in? Right. I'm not talking about houses nor moons. Okay, mm. because I, I, I do think like there's something but i have mm-hmm. a twin brother who was born 12 minutes after me. We could not be more different. And so, like, explain that. Yeah, I, I have a twin sister, so I feel the same way. Wait, I didn't like, know this. Yeah, I have a twin sister, and my mom actually just befriended this like really intense astrology person who like gives personalized readings and everything. And she was like, "I, I think I'm going to give you and your sister a reading. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Cynthia to give you guys a reading for your birthday." And then one day she was like talking about how like, "Oh, you two have always been really similar, really similar people," and it's like. Mm, we are not at all <laughs> i mean we are not i mean we there are some things where we are similar i mean like all siblings are similar in some ways but like she and i are very different and we do very different things with our lives but so this is why yeah. i'm so curious because like i it's exact same for us like could, honestly probably could not be more different i there's four siblings total and out of all the four we're probably the most different from each other and we just happen mm. to be twins what is, he, is he is not he is aggressively mm. straight like See? like could i mean i swear to god this is a true story that w- at one point i texted him does this person look like our brother in drag it was like a, a, a woman that looked just like our younger brother just wearing huh. full full beat and he responded like a minute later what's drag <laughs> oh my god 
I was like, you are this far removed from the gay community. You don't know what drag is. So how does he not know what drag is? Because he, I mean, I don't want to like, he... Whatever, this is not about your brother. Well, he just like, he is truly like the most present, (laughs) kind, generous person (laughs) who is present in his world, which his world could not be further away from drag queens. Like, I don't, he works in finance, so I think that maybe, he. I think he he does have gay coworkers, and of course, I'm always asking a lot of questions about them, but like... I don't think at your finance job, you're like talking about Trixie Mattel. Yeah, I doubt it. (laughs) I hope they are. But what does your sister do? My sister works in like social media advertising. And she actually just got another job where she's going to be doing something that I do not understand by any means at all. Like it is just so far moved from anything I do in my day to day life. But it is it has to do with the realm of social media and advertising. And now she's going to be working for Apple in some capacity, but not she doesn't she's not hired by Apple. Apple's like the client, I guess. And mm-hmm. she is working there. So and my husband, Matt, works in social media marketing as well. Come on, Joe. These these connections There's are- parallels here. I don't know. It's just like it's six degrees of gay separation or like every gay. That- Connected to a, a social media person? I think so. Yeah. I think that might be it. Is it the universe? I mean, you're asking the wrong person about universe stuff. For that the sake of this, I will I say it is the universe. Thank you so much. Because yeah. that is something I tend to do, I think, is like asking for validation from people who could not be more of a like the least <laughs> the worst possible person to ask. I'm yeah. like my husband is like the more of the um he's less of a verbal supporter he's very like beautifully like put a hand on my back but i'm like validation is i think my number one it's important though the grass is always greener you know what i mean like my my boyfriend is very very helpful and he gives very specific like advice and very specific like steps that he thinks would help me in every aspect of my life and he's extremely caring in that way and then but there's also like you know sometimes you want somebody who's not giving that kind of feedback you want somebody that's like open-ended and then other times if that if you have somebody that's giving you open-ended advice or like is just there to listen to you and not give you any advice it can make you go absolutely insane too so it's you know as in as is the case with many things it's about finding a balance oh you heard it here first things yes finding the balance the new self-help book by joe castle baker i mean listen i could not be a bigger fan of balance i find that (laughs) my life my life tends to be one-sided or the other i i've mm-hmm. talked about it on this podcast many times of like i went through a period of like such deep unemployment where nothing was happening and my creative yeah. life was like so dead to like feeling really creative and then got a job that was also creative but also incredibly busy and then like the i and that's kind of where i'm at right now like i i've never been like you know what everything feels even there i don't yeah. think i've ever felt that way yeah, I think it's hard to find that. Or if it does happen, it's like in these fleeting moments. And I don't know about you, but like whenever that does happen for me, I'm always like, I like take it for granted. I just, I'm like, oh, cool. Now this is normal. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. This is fine. That's a lot of like, My life is exactly as I want it to be. It's fine. Whatever. Okay, cool. Normal. 
Like, and then when it's over, like, you know, my life is in shambles, but when it's exactly as I want it to be, it's like, there's not a celebration in sight. It is literally just like me being like, okay, whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, also the balance will last for six weeks tops. I don't think it's six it'll... weeks is generous. Yeah. Six weeks is generous. Six weeks is, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, like record breaking. I would say the average is probably what? I don't know. I don't know. A week, two weeks, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But then it like the longer the balance lasts, the deeper the, the, the cliff is where you fall off or it's more devastating. Like, Mm -hmm. God, I, I truly, I truly feel that way. But like one of these days I'm going to figure out the key to life. I know. I think I'll figure it out. Like when I'm about to die, when I'm like 90, 90, maybe 100, maybe 110. I want to live to be 120, if possible. I want to live, like, really, 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 really long. long. Because (laughs) that way, I want to, like, I want to want to die. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to be dying before you're ready to die. But when you're 120, you're just like, please, God, end this. I want to be the last one at the party being like, dear God, shut out the lights. You know what I mean? I, I want to be, I want to outlive all my friends, go to all those funerals and then be like, okay, I'm ready to go. What are you going to wear to the funerals? Oh, you know, normal black, head to toe black diamond sequence. Just really normal stuff. Head to toe black gown with a black veil covering my face. Just black something really Sorocky subtle like crystals that. crystals on exactly. the veil. Yeah. I can picture you as a 104-year-old man in head-to-toe black gown with gorgeous, (laughs) your your shaky hands are wearing black diamonds. Yeah, I can barely, at that point, I can barely move. Yeah. You know, my my great-grandma lived to be 103, but men don't really live as long as women. And Men don't live. And I'm very tall, and tall people die... um, earlier than than shorter people wait joe i'm tall too i'm six five are you six five yeah well what if i was like uh, but i'm i'm five eight um no <laughs> I, I, i'm tall too yeah i'm five eight <laughs> i'm actually taller than my entire family i'm five eight tall tall is relative Tall, tall, tall is whatever you make it yeah. i'm i'm six two so i'm not you're, that's very tall that's like you need a special order shoes cars are hard yes. um yeah. i don't know how i did because here's the deal like i i actually do have questions for you and not just talking about what sure, uh, sure, not, sure. but like i'm loving i want to tell you like so far joe i've been loving this i want you to really oh yeah but like i we the the connections we have are are are, are so f- so many because we I believe are in college at the same time together. I don't know if you know this, but you dated a friend of mine that I first became aware of you, and then of course since then I've just been like a big obsessive of your uh, creativity. Wait, who did I date? What if I make up a name that you've never met before? I, uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. You can bleep it out too, but. I don't. Okay, maybe I'll bleep it out, or no, I'll I'll, maybe I'll mouth it to you. You dated. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. I did. Wait, so did you go to Tish? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 I like that period of my life was so crazy. That relationship was crazy. That relationship was crazy. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, do you know what's really funny about it is that you, um, you and this friend and I, we were all going through breakups at the exact same time, and so like really? I remember, yeah, I remember like it was my first love. It was like I was ruined, devastated, and I remember talking to this friend and being like, "Oh wow, we're." Who was your partner? Who was your not, boyfriend? Not Tish. He oh, okay. was Mary Mount Manhattan, if you can imagine. Oh, I believe it. I've heard of it. <laughs> and like, you know what? There's such a fraught relationship with having gone to NYU Tish because rightfully so, people give it so much shit because of course yeah. it, it can breed many a monster. But like, obviously, as we're saying, grass is always greener. There's two sides. Boo, 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 boo. I consider myself lucky that the friends I still have from my time there are like the very grounded mm. lovely cool people but that being said marymount manhattan again has some wonderful people as well but ooh, also also crazy when they're evil they're evil do you know what's so they're funny really is that i've never told anyone this because it's so silly but there i went to my ex's showcase their senior oh. year of college and i remember this-, okay, t- this is all a scam all of that is a fucking scam bye 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 it's all bad it's they all need bad. to literally make bfa programs in theater a criminal offense they need, they need to, to outlaw a bfa you are not allowed to major in theater drama musical theater it is all completely that should be elective it is a scam it is a complete 100 percent scam well and especially right now when people are like i'm um, so i'm majoring in theater even though broadway has been closed for yeah. the past 12 what years are you doing you're doing acting uh, acting classes on zoom it's dark, Joe. It's really it's very dark. dark. But anyway, so you were seeing you were you were uh, at the you were looking at the showcase, or you were at I'm, the showcase. I'm a, being a supportive boyfriend. I'm at the showcase and like watching these scenes. Yes. One girl gets up there and she does a scene from like I don't know if it was Miss Congeniality or like some Sandra Bullock role. And I was like, what is this person doing? And she was like really beautiful and like just like you don't look at her and be like you're a grounded theater actor you're just like okay she's doing a sandra bullock scene fine 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 she ends up being like right now the star of a very big tv show having a crazy huge career and like the only person i've seen from that showcase that like i've seen out and about doing things and um and that i don't mean that as shade of like the their their kids graduating class isn't doing well because a lot of them right many great things but this girl i remember it being a little like questioning of her material choice and she like a few months wow. later booked this giant commercial i was like oh wow she's like that's a gorgeous commercial it was like a short film commercial and then like did some other tv show and now she's been like season four of like what show th- you're allowed to say you can mouth it I don't know if I'm. I'm well. The, the great news is I don't even know the show or watch it well, but it's the show with um that kid who was in August Rush. Who it's now he's like on a doctor show where he is like I don't know if it's like I have no idea what that is. I have I'm no putting, idea I'm what words August together. Rush is at all, Joe. It's like the ra- weird Robin Williams film where there's like a kid that can hear. I don't know. He's like a music prodigy and Robin Williams lives in Central Park and he's almost like fading oh, with, with a okay. bunch of orphan boys. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. it was critically acclaimed, but they try to make a musical out of it full circle, trying to make it a Broadway moment. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone listening to this also saw August Rush, but chat in the comments if you have. I think like <laughs> I think it's like I think it people did see it. 
yeah, I, I, I can, I can kind of imagine that. But I wonder what this show is. I mean, well, what's like a doctor? Do you, it's a doctor show that she's and, the star of, and she is like the love interest. I see. Is this bad that I'm saying this? No, it's fine. People say so many worse things. Do you know? Do you do you notice how much validation I'm already asking for four minutes into this interview? I'm like, am I okay? You're um, fine. <laughs> but like it, but it's all this to say, like everything's a scam, nothing matters, and yeah. she did what she wanted to do, and now she's fucking killing it, and like it just really proves that nothing matters, everything is nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't get into Tish when I first applied when I, I mean, I didn't go to Tish. I went to purchase, I went to SUNY purchase and then I went to Gallatin. I transferred oh, to Gallatin, right. but I didn't get into Tish when I applied. But honestly, I think that's like a, a, a mark of success. <laughs> you know, it's a mark of something. <laughs> it's a mark. That's really all that matters. It's a scar. I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah, I was talking about it with, I forget who, maybe, oh, my friend Esther recently, who's like, she's an incredible comedian that she also went to Tish, and we were she just like... She spent a right? Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, I mean, I probably shouldn't say Because <laughs> I remember showing me his stand-up. Whatever, we're saying his name now. I remember him showing me showing me her stand-up, and I thought she was very funny, but this is years ago. But I guess she, she's, must, she's still... I've seen her, actually. I think I saw her on... Um, on some TV show or some, or she did some kind of stand up thing. Yeah, she um, um, yeah, she's done some. She's yeah, done actually a bunch of cool stuff. She um, the biggest thing is that she was actually. What if I was like the biggest thing? And she did this podcast. Uh, no, she <laughs> um, the biggest thing is that she actually was on this podcast, partly chatting, partly promoting a stand up special that she did, and she was just like, "I'm gonna give it to you straight." She is an incredible comedian. She hustles so hard, but when she was getting this special out, she was really kind of hustling on her own behalf to like try to get the word out and then Mm -hmm. and she really was doing a great job but out of nowhere she got a google alert that the new york times ran like a rave review on her and she and she it was like huge picture in print and it was saying it was talking about these stand-up specials that were filmed in covid era where it was a drive-in situation and she had an entire feature on her about how incredible the special is. And it was, I had planned to see her that day just out of happenstance because of the universe. Right. And, um, and it, the New York times article came out that day and it was like the biggest surprise. And she literally had no idea what's happening until she just got an alert on her phone. Wow. That's amazing. It is amazing. And it goes to show you how like everything is nothing, nothing matters. And you just gotta like keep on, keep on trucking on because in speaking of amazing uh, publications and articles, getting a little segue into you, I was just rereading the article that John Early interviewed you for, for interview magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, A of all, congratulations. It is such a great article. I, speaking of NYU, I actually was in the same program with John and we did a few shows together while in school and i have been ooh, i have been a fan girl huge like john early person for a long time and so to yeah. see him interview you for interview magazine was like god it was good um yeah. so how how did how did it feel to have that interview i mean it's such a dumb question but like it, it i hope you felt really great about it i did i i did and I felt very good about the photos too. I was, I mean, I was very nervous about all of it because in general, whenever I am interviewed, I, I 
think I sound like I'm English as a second language. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I, I, I'm a college educated person. And yet I seem sometimes to be unable to form a sentence, which is fine when you're a comedian. But when I'm getting interviewed, I think it comes across sometimes as me being just the biggest idiot. But that's just me. That's my own personal criticism. Otherwise, I think it's a very like lovely interview where like John and I talked about some things that I think I think about all the time. Yes. But I think and, when I was reading yeah. it, it felt like, you know, it's funny that your insecurities about like how you sound. I, I remember reading and being like, God, if, you know, the next interview I get to do, like, I hope it, it is uh, as organic and off the cuff and natural of a conversation because the best interviews, especially I think reading things right now is not like, like question, answer, question, answer, but it's like mm-hmm. two people. And that's why it was so well done because John obviously tell asks really funny questions, but also like brings up real things about his life. And then it has and yeah. open up about yours. And, you know, especially because I'm sitting here in my parents' house. Uh, it really feels very prescient, if I may use the word from your interview yeah. on Radio Lab. Um, I, you know, coming up against all the things that you were going through when you were coming out or, or being closeted. And it's, you know, in the interview, how John talks about basically how he, before he was out of the closet, he was super, you know, young and he wrote a paper about gay rights. And then <laughs> he volunteered to read it out in front of the whole school. And the teacher was like, that's okay. I'm going to save, yeah, I'm gonna save you from don't. that. Yeah. But, um, and I think like we were, it's very relatable though. We were all probably so deeply out there as queer gay people as literal children but it took us quite some time to figure it out in our home situations yeah it's always such a tricky thing because when you're a young child typically you are really gay acting (laughs) (laughs) kids are gay you can tell if for some bizarre reason there is this like sociological phenomena where like a gay man as a young boy is gay, even though they haven't gone through puberty. Right. And then later, and then they go through puberty and then they suddenly are like, do some kind of compensation act in order to hide it or, or not. And then they come out and then they're gay again. Oh, wow. It's the full circle of it all. Yeah, I think. I, mean, I do too. And it's interesting because I am around my nephews right now who literally he is about to turn three years old, but he, I've been so cognizant of every time I'm with him. I spent, we just did a little lake house vacation where I was spending like days at a time with him. Uh-huh. And I just remember kept saying things like, what color is that? That's pink. You, pink is, a, I love pink myself. Do you like pink? And I'm trying to like, everything I do is try to uh, indoctrinate him. I'm forcing this child to be homosexual. Yeah. I think what I'm trying to do is like heal my own wounds of like having people telling me things that's like, like I really cringe when people say, show me how big your muscles are. Do you have any girlfriends at school? It's like all of those things that it's like men trying to relate to literal toddlers and children. Every time I'm with him, I try, I, I try, I probably am extra gay with him because I want him to know how, wonderful it can be to be whatever you are and he already as a three-year-old child is so sensitive and caring and sweet and um and i'm giving a ton of credit to his parents my brother and my sister-in-law are really my sister-in-law is a social worker and so she's really great about 
labeling things and not doing those. But I from Missouri, and it's like I'm I'm healing through these children because I totally had people say to me like asking about girlfriends, and it was the worst possible question. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely had those moments too. It was like get me out of this conversation as soon as possible. Right. Um, and then, when, well, you talked about in the article about coming out at camp. So I, I want to know, like, what's the yeah. backstory there? Like, what, how did you feel after it happened? And, and take me through it. Um, every time I, like, every time when I first came out, I felt like it was this extremely excessive act that I felt very embarrassed about afterwards because it felt like I was... I mean, the only thing I can think of, like, a comparable feeling that I would have now as an adult would be, like, if I felt like I was, like, taking up too much attention in a conversation. And then, like, after the dinner party or whatever, I look back and I'm like, oh, God, I'm embarrassed about how I acted. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the feeling I would have after every time I came out. So it was this kind of, like, shame, but also, like, obviously misplaced because... I was doing something that was like very special and like obviously necessary and organic and fine. But the like residual reaction formation of like people finding out I'm gay and being ashamed of that, like was so strong that I just couldn't resist being ashamed after, even if it was in these circumstances where it was like people were so welcoming and supportive and all of that, which is luckily enough for me, like the reaction that people had across the board. But yeah, when I came out at that camp, it was particularly shocking because like it was in front of a group of like 15 kids, 15, but they were all like, some of them were, most of them were gay. There were like three other kids there who were out and gay. Like, and the first time, like the first day of the camp, they were like, I'm gay. I'm, and then it was like a gay guy and a gay girl. And I was like, best friends with the gay girl. And like there were plenty of gay people there. So Oh my god, this is so good, Joe. It's like it's you're living my dream. Um because I have talked about this before of like what if I had gone to a camp like this where like there were all these other gay kids? Like yeah. what would I have come out earlier? What what and and you did that. So did you when you came out of this camp, were what what was it a dynamic between you and the other gay boy? Friendly, actually friendly, but we weren't really like good friends but he Uh was like in my mind i think i was like oh he's really gay he's really gay i'm like okay but not like that of course like i mean and he was really gay well i guess my real question is did you kiss anyone in this camp no 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 i was like completely asexual until like my senior year in high school Mm. when i like had my first kiss with a guy and had full on anal sex with him <laughs> in like one day. I Wait, just like, one day? Yeah, literally one day. I like went from zero to one hundred. Um, I've never heard of a person having their first kiss minutes before penetration. Literally, like maybe thirty minutes before. Full on. Wait, so- I was like. Yeah. <laughs> Did you going into the kiss know that it was going to be A to B to Z or what? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's actually a really really crazy story. But basically what happened was I was on a choir field trip with my high school choir cuz we were really really a good choir and we were singing at Carnegie Hall in New York. Oh. We like won some competition so we were at Carnegie Hall and the school trip had ended but I was staying 
an extra couple of days in New York because my brother lived there. Or li- he currently lives here, but at the time he lived here too. He had just moved. So I was staying with him and I was also about to see Purchase College to visit it for the first time because uh, I think I had just gotten in. So I was like going to go look at the campus and like go see a play there like by the the seniors at the conservatory to see like what they were like. And on the train, I like was making eyes with this guy on the train who was like gay. I was like, oh, I know, I know he's gay. And he was like making eyes back at me. Like, and I was also like the horniest thing on the fucking planet at the time, because I was 18 years old and had zero, zero sexual anything happen. So I was probably looking at this person like a insane like pervert and yeah literally and so then he and i were were making eyes at each other and then nothing happened he he got off the train but then later that day he made a a craigslist missed connections ad and i responded to it and he was like (laughs) my jaw is on the floor i want everyone to know my jaws on the floor i'm riveted keep going it was it, yeah. I at the time had musical notes like drawn on my like vans or whatever because I was like a singer in the choir, and so he made this fucking like Craigslist ad looking for the boy with the musical notes on his shoes, and I responded, and then we had this little back and forth, um, and we were like, oh, we'll meet up like to get a drink or something, and I was like, oh, just so you know, I'm 18. I hope that's okay. He was like 23 or something, 24, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, that's fine, you know, whatever. And then I had this gigantic, gigantic Italian dinner with my best friend's Italian family in the Bronx. And then her cousin, who works for Con Ed, drove me in his Con Ed truck from the Bronx to Astor Place, <laughs> dropped me off there. And then I went on this date with this guy. And uh, I used my brother, I used my fake ID to get into this bar. And then we like had this date, like, so then and then did you, ended did you up kissing the up bar. Later. No, we like kissed in the in the cab. We were like making out in the cab all the way to his part, his apartment, and then we like had sex. <sighs> I um, I'm really going through a lot right now. Um, I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a really really crazy like story. It's like insane. It's pornographic. It's fantasy. It's it's everything I want. I mean, I have to tell you, like so many parts of that having a train connection turn yeah. into a hookup having a craigslist misconnection turn into a hookup have uh, like this you're on a choir trip of all things like i yeah. i was huge i loved the choir but like everything that you've ex- that in this story you experience i have gotten to like a part of the way of success and it never actually had to happen. And every step of the way you had things happen. Um, gosh, I have a few follow-up questions. Uh, yes. first question is, do you remember what he looks like? Yeah. 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 Every, I mean, he still lives here and like every once in a while we'll interact. I don't think he knows that like he, like I lost my virginity there, which is, I don't necessarily have a problem with him knowing that, but like, it would be kind of funny to see if he, I mean, I assume he probably, like figured that out because i was 18 and he was like five years older than me or something and so but yeah he's like yeah he ended up actually being my kind of boss later like a year later when i dropped out of college and then went to become like a cater waiter in new york he got me my first job so he was like the guy that i like reported to when i was catering yeah they call me by your name it's the older it's the older person guiding you through this new world it was a very very 
insane period of my life for well, sure i have a gross question and you really can not answer it do you mm-hmm. do you feel comfortable saying as your first who was penetrated i i topped i don't know very many people who like don't top their first time i actually know a few people who like bottom their first time having sex but like i typically i feel like that's the like you you end up like topping your first time having sex I think so. I mean, I I do know there are people who are, who are like born B to B, born to bottom. But yes. like, but no, I think you're. I think more often than not, they top first, and yeah, we do not fault them for it. Um, mm-hmm. I I have to tell you, Joe, that I had a misconnection on Craigslist that I wanted it to be what you had, and it wasn't. I oh, was no. on my way to my first job as an actor in New York City, my real, like, first, like, real paid job. I was in, of course, one of the most moving off-Broadway musicals you've ever heard. It's called um, The Bernstein Bears Live. <gasps> and <Hey. laughs> so I'm uh-huh. on my way to this show or on the way home, whatever it was. And there was this older guy at this point, I'm probably 22, 23. And uh, this older guy was sharing the subway pole with me and we were making eyes the entire ride. And it was electric. And just like, I love myself, a handsome older man. I just, it's, it's, it's a part of me. And, um, can't help the pheromones and i just mm-hmm. like am feeling so electric this is amazing i get off at j street metro tech to transfer to the c train he stays on his train and we again lock eyes we smile we laugh we lo- it's like three different times as my train's pulling away oh my god and i get home and i check craigslist and there's nothing there and i'm a little bummed and then i check it the next morning there it is there it is it's the man who was also holding the subway pole. He was wearing this color shirt. Boo, 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 boo. And I was like, this <gasps> is me. And so I was beyond excited. And he says, please you know, send a picture to let me know it's you. I send a picture back. I am so ready to either fall in love or just have an incredibly passionate uh, yeah. guy in this man's Park Slope apartment. And um, he never responds. What? <laughs> Literally did not get a response and i was like i felt so dumb because i was literally relaying the story to the berenstein bears cast off broadway to tell them i had this moment with the guy the craigslist (laughs) thing i can't wait for us to hang out this is gonna be so gorgeous and then like a day later or two they're like so what happened with that guy and i was like um I'm he I didn't hear I haven't heard it's like I truly did not understand and honestly to this day I can't tell you what happened I don't I don't you should know have lied you should have made up a story <laughs> you know what I really should have made this like he was so he actually was the head of Sony pictures and I would have been like I would have just been like oh yeah I was fun yeah we had fun I was cool <laughs> we had a really fun time I was great yeah uh, ended up being really fun ended up being hey, really he's a good guy cool. he's a good guy yeah just lying. Well, how did Actually, what, what happened with him? Oh, you know, it was just like he was fun. We had fun. We, we had fun. Yeah, we, we had a really fun up? time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we did. We yeah. did. <laughs> only give only give yes answers, but never give us a, a yes exactly a tiny detail. A single, yeah, nothing. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I hope he's doing well. I truly do. Um, but I mean, what, maybe he's like married. Maybe he's straight and he's married, and and you know, or honestly, maybe he died. Maybe he died at like just randomly after the email. Whoa! What if he died after the email? And you're here selfishly 
thinking about what it could mean when in fact his whole family is grieving to this day lamenting that i couldn't have sex with an older man in park slow meanwhile he was brutally murdered exactly or died of old age <laughs> i'm i'm famously into men who are 90 on, de- on their deathbed <laughs> that's why your whole story about living to 120 i was like god that's i odd. know I, hey no i feel like the majority of people who've tried or who have had come close to anything happening on on misconnections it just never ever comes to fruition so I, I don't think i realized at the time how extremely rare all of these things were i mean if you don't believe in the universe now i don't know nothing can save you because that was truly uh, a spirit, a spirit <laughs> god was helping you rail this gorgeous man yeah i i'm truly grateful and happy that it happened to someone because at least i can hear about it because yeah I, I i want what you have um i i do want to i do want to move on to the famous podcast question which is whose fault is it that you're gay who do you blame do you have anyone in mind or anything in mind yeah i do i blame the entire um cohort of like food network hosts uh from the years probably 1999 to uh 2004 2005 around uh, everyone that was that hosted a 30 minute cooking show on food network is responsible. So we're talking Emerald, even we're talking, Sarah, we're talking Rachel Ray. Of course we're talking Sarah Moulton. Is that, we're the, talking, is that the vodka woman? No, that's Sandra Lee. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sandra Lee. She's partially responsible. She, I'm sure people would like to inflate her role in it. But at this point, by the time she was on air, I was already gay. <laughs> So she maybe added a little extra flair, but really wasn't as significant as the others. The damage had been done. Yeah. And there was others too. There was there was one whose name I can't remember, whose whole thing was she would cook some big portion of something at the beginning of the week. And then the rest of the cooking show would be about how she could repurpose that thing into various different meals. That really triggered me. I think that really set me off in a, on a gay direction. Wait, what about that made you a homosexual? I think just the like family planning aspect of that is like such a, and then also like the practical, the practical thinking in, in a field that is so feminine and so much about, you know, motherhood. And it was just a very, but it's not, I mean, not that doesn't actually describe it. I mean, I think it's also all about survival and it's about survival. It's about like being adaptive. It's about like repurposing what you're given into something that is beneficial down the line. And quite frankly, it's about entertainment. Hello. (laughs) Entertaining a crowd, which of course is one of the most important aspects of being gay, I think. And that show also got canceled, I think. So it was a failure, which is another gay thing to fail. <laughs> so there was a lot there. It really enriched. It really enriched my life. But yeah, that show. I don't. I don't even remember the host's name. I'm sure somebody that's listening to this like does, because, and the, also the host was like not charming. She was like not. She was not an on-screen personality, I would say. We need to dig up these clips because I'm just picturing, like, the least charismatic... Um, what's... Oh, my God. What's the French cook's name? Amy Adams. Oh, uh, you mean... Um, 
Julia Child? I'm picturing a Julia Child, but without the sense no. of humor. She's just like... It's like Julia Child without, like, the opposite of Julia Child. <laughs> like, no charm, no char- no charisma. I think I'm thinking of, like, Julia Child, like, what she looks like, and then without any charisma and charm and sense No, of humor. she was, like, a sh- Julia Child was, like, 6'7". This woman was, like, 5'2". Like, she looked like she was, like, always about to pick up her kids from soccer practice. It was like a very different era of Food Network too, because I feel like Food Network now is really conservative leaning or there's like this overt interest in like appealing to like a Christian Republican home, like with that prairie dog, whatever the fuck her name, prairie woman or whatever. That show is fucking creepy. Like so creepy. They'll do like 10, like 20 minutes of cooking and then like five minutes of like fucking Christian hymns. Like sitting around the ca- like couch singing like music, it's so weird. I I I don't I don't I don't like that. I long for the days where you have just a Rachel Ray and mm-hmm. and an Emerald bamming with a live crowd. I mean, yeah. I, the one that you're s- describing though, I think what I love so much about the description is that it sounds like it's just like a woman trying to get by, and there just happens to be a fleet of cameras there. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a woman like doing really thinking and trying to make life easier she's trying (laughs) and who doesn't want life to be just a little bit easier that's literally what it is and i think she succeeded because she 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 did she would say this works you know what i mean what i just did with this chicken turning this roast chicken into chicken teriyaki turning it into chicken tacos turning it into this yada 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 and so on and so forth for a week you know, that's survival and that's ad- adaptation and that is making life easier. And that is, I think, very queer to say, uh, to put it, you know, in one way. I agree with this. And I, I, it's actually, no one has on this podcast brought up the Food Network as the catalyst. And I think it's actually a shock that no one has. I mean, I do think that, you know, Jake Cohen, who's like this very, you know, very big. Oh, I know Jake Cohen. We love Jake Cohen. He, you know, he said Ina Garten, which I think is like, you know, is it makes sense makes sense but like i think like food, like i even now just watching things now of like like giada something about giada to me feels so comforting and i don't know what oh, yeah. exactly it is but um giada actually is like very interesting because her first season on food network she was a completely different person and in had what way like, they had to like quote unquote work with her because she was like so nervous and so um, had none of the affectations that she's like known for now, like the gigantic wide smile. She was really like shy and very like serious and kind of like just would do the cooking and would just do it and not like really have any kind of the flair that she's known for now. And then she's really blossomed into this person that she is now. But like if you can ever track down like first year footage of Giada, it is like a completely different person. See, we love an evolution. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why she is a gay hero. That's why she has her own float of pride. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if she does, but she should. She should. It'll be easy enough to make. Just a big head. (laughs) A giant smile. Just a big head. Well, listen, I just want to, before you, uh, we say goodbye, I want to do a couple things. One thing is just to tell you that there, if, if anyone listening to this does not follow Joe Kesselbaker, it is a must. And there are so many videos. I mean, it's so hard, I think, to constantly create. And I think you do an amazing job at that. But I just hope 
and I'm sure you have gotten a lot of praise for this, but your real sex video unlocked something in my brain <laughs> that was so deeply embedded there. Uh, the quick elevator pitch is that it's basically Joe, the team you put together to make this video perfectly put the style of real sex, which was that show where they were interview people about, you know, the sex they were having. And it looks like it's from 1999. It looks like Joe is just another person on the street, but of course it gets more and more unhinged as he realize as his character realizes what he has done, which is share on on camera deep things about his sex life. I watched that show as a closeted person, and any sort of sexuality seen mm-hmm. on camera was so titillating to me. And can you just like can you just respond to me telling you that I love it so much? I think, I mean, I loved it too. And I had this literally the exact same feeling about that show too, which was why I was like, oh my God, I really want to make this, <laughs> this little, this sketch. Um, but yeah, that show is, I mean, they should bring it back. They should do something like it again. I feel like it would be such a different show now, now that like everyone is so sex positive and like yeah. guys are getting, pla- you know, guys are getting, you know, pegged by their girlfriends and right. shit. Like we need to have this show now, not back then when like, the craziest thing you could do was like give your husband head. Exactly. You know? I want to, I want to see a series of a bunch of straight men talking about getting eaten out like that. Yeah. Would, oh my God. I want that so bad. I mean, hello, a 24 pay attention. A 24. This is so up there, alley. Well, yeah, do an it, unscripted show. Yeah. Honestly, it's like <laughs> queer. The when queer. I came back. No one thought it was going to work. And then of course it became, you know, it, it did mm-hmm. it again. And I think real sex could do it again as well. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to, of course, in our intro and outro, plug your your information and handle and all that stuff for people to follow. But, um, but uh, before we sign off, I'm going to ask you our, our final famous podcast question. The world is ending. Mm. You can save one character actress. Who is it? Rose Byrne. God, Joe, you're really delivering here. It's like the I, it's really good. She is. I love one, her. One of those people that you look at her and you think one thing and then she ends up being something completely different. I love Rose Byrne. I love her. I think she's such a good actor. She's such a good actor. She can do but anything. Is she a character actor? She's not really a character actor. See, see, I the thing the reason why but this is she part- an ingenue? No. Yes. No. I don't think so. I think she She looks like she should be one, but she is not. She's a character actor. Exactly. That's why she's so brilliant. Because you look at her and you think ingenue, and then she pulls out this like comedic character, actress, dramatic, whatever it is she's doing. It's so unique, and it's a mm-hmm. character actress. I think it's a character. She's a character actress. I love her, and you know her American accent is flawless. 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 No one does it better. No one does it better. No one does it better. I don't even do an American accent as good as she does it. No, I. She's sound, so good at it. I sound. Australian and she sounds I sound Australian I sound Australian compared to her yeah exactly oh I hope Rose Byrne knows that she's good someone got in contact with her (laughs) well Joe listen this was truly a pledge I have to say I was excited to talk with you but you even exceeded my high expectations so thank you for coming on the gayest podcast and I'm truly a fan and grateful that you're here it was my pleasure this is so fun 
Thanks for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Such a joy to chat with Joe Castle Baker. Please give him a follow at Joe Castle Baker. Follow me at Eric Wills. And please check out our Instagram takeover on Deku's page for that crazy short film, You've Changed. I hope you watch it. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you next week for another episode with two of my favorite comedians. So I can't wait for you to, to hear that one. Have a great rest of your week, my friends. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.